There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can better connect with customers and keep them happy. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Howdy, folks. It is Tuesday, December 13th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litterst, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to be breaking down Budweiser's investment in the World Cup. After Qatar declared an alcohol ban just days before the games, what's happened since? Was it a complete loss for the brand, or maybe they pulled off a W? We're also going to be looking at the comeback of cassette tapes, but before that, here's what else is going on in the world of business and tech. Let's get crack-a-lack. All right, first things first. Dave Chappelle apparently invited Elon Musk up to the stage During his show the other night in San Francisco, a bunch of awkward booing ensued, videos went around, though Musk claims that the noise was actually just 10% boos and 90% cheers. So this is critical information and news that we're reporting here, people. I don't know. That sounds like some pretty partial math there on Elon Musk's part. (laughs) And uh, speaking of some big names in the Twitter sphere, this one is a doozy and a developing story, very much developing. Originally, later today, failed crypto exchange FTX's Sam Bankman-Fried was supposed to be testifying to the House Financial Services Committee at 10 a.m. It's looking like he may not be able to attend that, even through Zoom, given that he was arrested in the Bahamas last night and faces charges from U.S. prosecutors. Prosecutors say they will unseal their indictment today and tomorrow, actually, unless plans have now changed, which is possible. You can catch Shark Tank's Kevin O'Leary a former spokesman and investor in FTX speaking with the Senate about FTX. Honestly, the only thing I'm certain about with this story is the sheer tsunami of memes and crazy sound bites that are going to come out throughout the week, and we will see what happens. Moving along, Rivian is Rivi out of Europe. The electric vehicle startup said it's pausing plans to build commercial vans in Europe with Mercedes and shift more focus back toward its consumer vehicles. I've seen a bunch on the streets here in Cambridge, and they look quite nice. Yeah, they do look really nice. I know Rivian is doing a lot for Amazon, and I was just thinking, like, if all your business was was the automobile provider for Amazon, that's a huge business. <laughs> it is. That could just be a massive business in its own right. Maybe that's what they should do. I know. I think they're making 100,000 vans for Amazon. Yeah. And 100,000 vans adds up. You're totally right. They're probably thinking, you know, we got the deal with Amazon. Let's just focus on that here and right. our consumer cars for everyone else. A hundred percent. Speaking of Europe, the Netherlands, as well as Japan, are joining the United States in restricting advanced semiconductor machinery sales to China. Japan's Tokyo Electron and the Netherlands' ASML 
are key global suppliers who I guess would be restricted from selling parts to China as part of this. And speaking of Europe again, the Norwegian Electric Vehicle Association reports that 20% of passenger cars on Norway's roads are now electric. Wow. And it expects to hit 30% in less than two years from today. All right, JC. So one of the biggest surprises at this year's World Cup was Qatar basically banning alcohol from its stadiums the day before the tournament. Yes. What's going on here? I know Budweiser, I think, is sponsoring, but like, how does that even work at a tournament where there's no drinking? Exactly. Well, you would think it doesn't, but (laughs) as we'll discuss, it may not have been a complete loss for them. So Budweiser was sponsoring this year's World Cup, and as part of that, they were going to be serving a lot of Budweiser at the World Cup. And like you said, alcohol is banned from the World Cup just on the eve of the World Cup. And so... They had to figure out what to do, and it put them in a real bind, both logistically with all this beer they had stockpiled, but also as a brand who planned on being super relevant throughout the World Cup as an alcohol brand. So things were definitely awkward at first. Budweiser actually tweeted and then quickly deleted, well, this is awkward (laughs) after Qatar made that decision. But then they actually recovered a little bit. They announced that the winning country would be awarded all these thousands and thousands and thousands of beers that it could no longer sell in Qatar. Genius. Genius. They stocked the concession stands with Bud Zero, their alcohol-free beer. And as the advertisers, they blasted ads throughout the stadium. Mm -hmm. So the question is, was this a win or an L for Budweiser? And uh, I think probably at best it was a draw. Of course. Only in soccer. (laughs) You know, they paid $75 million to FIFA for these exclusive rights to supply beer at the games. And they likely spent another $5 million just in the run-up to the World Cup on transportation, refrigeration, things like that. Can't get any of that money back. You know, their best chance for a victory will probably come during negotiations for the next World Cup 2026. And because of the whole situation here... It's possible, according to The Sun, that they'll seek almost a $50 million discount on a $112 million contract with FIFA for the next one, Uh, which makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. It's only fair. It's only fair. And the funny thing is, is, you know, still, obviously, people are people. Not everyone managed to stay sober, despite (laughs) the ban. I saw one story about an American who used fake bottles of sunscreen as Uh, flasks. It's American innovation at its finest. Yeah, lots of innovation, exactly. I love that. All right, JC. So we have talked about the resurgence of vinyl before, and there's another audio format that is coming back into vogue. And this is way before your time because it's pretty (laughs) much before my time too, just like vinyl. Cassettes are back. Are you into this? Are you seeing this cassette resurgence? Yeah, it's very interesting. And like you said, some people probably remember waiting for hours for their favorite songs to come out, maybe on the radio so they could put them onto a cassette tape. As you said, I'm not old enough to remember such a thing. Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, like you said, despite pretty much every song ever being available on demand nowadays, the humble cassette tape is making a comeback. So just for some cassette background, tapes were developed in the 1960s by Philips. They cut on because anyone could use them and record audio on them. That's how the mixtape got its rise. Sony's Walkman helped a lot, which debuted in 1979. Between 1963 and 1988, more than 3 billion cassette tapes were sold. 
But by the 90s, CDs had mostly replaced cassettes and then followed by digital music libraries. But sales are on the up again between 2020 and 2021. Sales nearly doubled from 173,000 to 343,000. Wow. Let's talk about why this is happening. You can look at the resurgence of vinyl, which has really exploded over the last decade or so. But unlike vinyl, what audiophiles argues in one of the best ways, if not the best way to listen to music, no one's really ever made that claim for cassettes. Uh (laughs) But something that does catch on with cassettes is this whole aspect of nostalgia, whole aspect of collections and cool artwork that you can collect. You know, in the last season of Stranger Things, there's a whole big scene that involved a Kate Bush tape, became a chart topper after that. And I don't know, I think those are really good reasons that'll help something like cassettes come back. A hundred percent. My biggest advantages for cassettes, first of all, storage. They're tiny. The Mm. cases for cassettes are tiny. If you collect vinyl, which I collect vinyl and have a record player and I love it, but the storages can be kind of tough. You know? <laughs> yeah. Vinyl records are pretty big. And I mean, we have like a little basket where we keep all of ours, but it's a little bit hard. And I mean, with cassettes, just like the stacking, I mean, for my OCD tendencies, it just, it feels yeah. like it'd be really fun to like have this big shelf of all this, oh, all this yeah. cassette Walls tapes. of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. I got into vinyl a bit this year as well, but my record player, which I got for free, has since broken, obviously. Oh. <laughs> you know, you get what you pay for. But So right. now I really just have the records to look at. But that's a real reason why people collect vinyl. Oh, yeah. So. You put those on your wall and your apartment will immediately look cooler. I, I know. I, that's, I mean, that's yeah. why I got into it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The other thing, I guess it depends on the record player that you have, but mine, the player doesn't close over the record, right? So mm. the record kind of spins freely. And if you have a young child, that becomes a problem. Like my <laughs> son has it's literally a toy. just grabbed, <laughs> yeah, he has grabbed the record as it's playing. Doesn't happen with a uh, a cassette deck. So I don't know. There, there are a couple pros. It also is like the ultimate 80s vibe. So like if the 80s yeah. are your thing, like I think the cassette player is definitely. Yeah. Even if you're cool even if you're a youngin like myself, you know the sound oh, of yeah. like loading a cassette tape in just from the movies. And yes. it's a great sound. A hundred percent. All right, bada bing, bada boom. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show, our proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter, which you can go subscribe to at thehustle.co slash email. Hope you have a terrific Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow.